0: Let's go, Brandon. Let's go Brandon, I agree, with your host,
1: Brandon Okuma. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Let's Go Brandon Okuma podcast. Lots to go over today, a lot going on in our country. Uh, starting off, Biden jams student loan forgiveness down the throat of Americans. The Biden administration continues spending ungodly amounts of taxpayer dollars. And you can expect 87,000 more IRS agents to make sure that you are giving the government what you owe them. The FBI raids Donald Trump's home in Mar-a-Lago, and Joe Biden gives his decisive speech on how conservatives will destroy democracy.
0: People think that the President of the United States—is this more on the subject than you ever want to know? Will you let me know— People think that the president of the United States has the power for debt forgiveness. He does not. He can postpone. He can delay. But he does not have that power. That would has to be an act of Congress. Using the authority Congress granted the Department of Education, we will forgive $10,000 in outstanding federal student loans. In addition, students who come from low-income families... Which allowed them to qualify to receive a Pell Grant will have their debt reduced $20,000. I understand not everyone, think every, not everything I'm announcing today is going to make everybody happy, but I believe my plan is responsible and fair. It focuses the benefit on middle-class and working families.
1: I think, from an equity and an inflationary standpoint, it's not the best use. <laughs> of taxpayer dollars here there are a lot of people who will benefit who appear to have relatively low or moderate incomes today but will have very high expected future earnings
0: let's just celebrate because understand 20 million americans got the news today that they will never have to pay another nickel on student loan debt this is historic if you're a working class person who never went to college you're not going to get any of this 300 billion dollars It's going to cost the government. And what about the criticism from taxpayers who say, you know, I paid for my loans? I mean, there's some people who don't want to extend that help to other people because they went through such hard times paying for college themselves. That's what the president reminds us so much of uh, in bringing this country together, that someone doesn't have to do bad for you to do good, that. Everybody can do better together.
1: This is effectively a bailout for a super corrupt educational system. The Harvard Endowment has $60 billion. The Yale Endowment has $40 billion. If you want to give student debt relief, you should penalize the people who have benefited from this very corrupt system, not ask plumbers in Ohio to subsidize the life decisions of of, of college-educated young people, primarily young people who are going to make a lot of money over the course of their lifetime anyway. Ladies and gentlemen, first I want to start off by saying that I am sorry because uh, I'm sure Nancy Pelosi scared you. She kind of jumped out of nowhere at the very beginning there. Quite interesting that uh, back in 2021 is when that clip was from of her saying that Joe Biden doesn't have the authority to give student loan forgiveness. And here we are now. That's exactly what he did. Definitely overstepped his executive powers. And there's a lot of people who are paying for it now. However, if you were living in a liberal's world, This would mean that the unicorns are coming to just zap that debt right away from you and you can go on um, sailing away and get your golden ticket to the chocolate factory and things are just wonderful. So with the student loan debt relief plan on studentaid.gov, there are different parts to this. Part one, the final extension of the student loan repayment pause. It states, due to the economic challenges created by the pandemic, the Biden-Harris administration extended the student loan repayment pause a number of times. Because of this, no one no one with a federal-held loan has had to pay a single dollar in loan payments since President Biden took office. To ensure a smooth transition to repayment and prevent unnecessary defaults, the Biden-Harris administration will extend the pause a final time through December 31, 2022, with payments resuming in January 2023. As for the uh, student loan forgiveness, those who are eligible, their annual income must have fallen below 125000 for individuals or 250000 for married couples. If you received a Pell Grant in college and meet the income threshold, you will be eligible for up to $20,000 debt cancellation. If you did not receive a Pell Grant in college and meet the income threshold, you will be eligible for a $10,000 debt cancellation. Now you may be thinking, well, Brandon, how much is this all going to cost? Ding, ding, ding. Great question. A new analysis from Penn Wharton Budget Model estimates that debt cancellation alone will cost as much as $519 billion, with, lo- with loan forbearance costing $16 billion and a new income-based repayment plan $70 billion. That would bring the total cost of the program to roughly $605 billion. Now, instead of these people paying their own loans, like adults, and being responsible for taking out loans, like adults. Instead, according to CNBC, student loan forgiveness could result in a $2,500 burden per taxpayer. It states the average burden per U.S. taxpayer for the new federal student debt cancellation will be $2,503.22, according to new estimates from the National Taxpayer Union, a fiscally conservative advocacy group. And also, if you're wondering, what if I paid off my student loans, does that mean I get money also? Psych, that's the wrong number. You ain't getting jack. I guess sometimes it pays not to be responsible. So those of you who went to trade school, worked your arse off, didn't take out any student loans, and for those of you who did go to college, did have to take student loans, worked your arse off, paid those loans back. Or those who you, of you who never had to take out loans, went to college, just worked and paid off your schooling as you went to school. You all are getting shafted, big right hand from the government right up the keister because they want to allow people who are not being responsible, people who don't want to pay off their loans, people who don't want to be grown-ups, people who don't want to do what's right to receive these tens of thousands of dollars for what? For getting a liberal arts degree for getting a women's study degree, for getting a useless degree, and then when they graduate, they go whine because they can't find a job or make any money. In typical fashion, welcome to what the United States is becoming. What you may also be wondering is, how come the taxpayers got to do this? Why not the colleges? Well, the colleges giving out money, that wouldn't make sense. How are they supposed to make money? According to USA Facts, the top five largest federal grant investments at colleges, universities, this is money coming from the federal government to the universities, in 2018 alone, Harvard University received 179.5 million dollars, Columbia University 165 million, Michigan State University 119 million, John Hopkins 111 million, Oregon State University 103 million. Those are the top 5 from 2018. So although these colleges are receiving hundreds of millions of dollars from the federal government, they are also receiving millions of dollars from the students who are attending their school. Sounds like a little bit of double dipping, something that many people don't like when you're at their house. When it comes to doing this, forgiving these loans in the way that it was done by Joe Biden, he absolutely overstepped his executive privileges. This absolutely should have gone through Congress where I can guarantee it would not have passed. He was right in that clip saying that there's going to be people angry at me, you bet your sweet ass there's a lot of people who are angry at you. Welcome to the party of no responsibilities, where good people get shafted and bad people get rewarded. To add to that $600 billion of student loan forgiveness we plan on paying, according to the USA Spending.gov, we have spent $4.5 trillion so far in response to COVID-19. That includes uh, Biden's $1.9 trillion American Rescue Plan Act of 2021, and if that doesn't blow your socks off, we also passed the uh, Inflation Reduction Act, which is going to cost approximately $740 billion. If you don't think about it, it makes sense, people, okay? We're going to spend hundreds of billions of dollars to fight inflation, all right? There's nothing better like paying off your credit card by spending more money on that same credit card. If you pretend it's not there, then it just might not be there. But wait, there's more. We're also spending $80 billion to fund 87,000 new IRS agents. And for sure, they're coming after you. Yes, I'm talking about you. 87,000 IRS agents. And there is speculation that they may and or may not be armed in case you don't want to pay your taxes, you son of a gun. So from the New York Post... According to the latest report from Government Accountability Office on weapons and ammo purchases by the federal agencies issued in 2018, the IRS is in possession of 3,282 pistols, 621 shotguns, and more than 3 million rounds of ammo. Among those sounding the alarm is Iowa Senator Chuck Grassley, who last week asked, are they going to have a a strike force that goes in with AK-15s already loaded, ready to shoot some small business person in Iowa? So the reason I believe they are calling them AK-15s is because Democrats don't know how to tell the difference between an AK-47 and an AR-15. Apparently, according to them, they're all the same. In July, Florida Representative Matt Gates introduced the Disarm the IRS Act to prevent the agency from buying ammunition, saying they are arming up the IRS like they are preparing to take, on, to take Fallujah. 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 I don't know how to pronounce that. And while the IRS does purchase new weaponry and ammunition each year, including $92,263 allocated for ammo just in March, only the Criminal Investigations Division is allowed to carry guns. My question, who are they going to consider a criminal? So instead of hiring 87,000 more cops or Border Patrol agents or putting that money towards something that might be good for the United States, we're just going to papoo it. And uh, hire 87,000 IRS to make sure that we got a good strangle, I mean hand, on the American people. And if you didn't think that Joe Biden had the government under his control, let me rewind. And if you didn't think the Democrats didn't have the government under their control, especially the Department of Justice, FBI, then you can take a look at the raid on Donald Trump by the FBI at his Mar-a-Lago home. We can even go back in time and take a look at the Russian collusion hoax. That they pushed the Mueller investigation into that, which cost taxpayers millions of dollars for them to tell us that they had no evidence, basically, um, that Russians were involved in the 2016 election. Democrats tried to impeach him twice, and it failed. And here we are with the FBI, again, who raided his home. An opinion written by Greg Jarrett from Fox News. Jarrett stated, If national security was truly in jeopardy, why did the AG dither for weeks before sending a group of FBI agents to Mar-a-Lago to remedy something so urgent? Indeed, if the Bureau officials were aware of the errant documents in early June or even back in February, so what he's talking about is that uh, Trump and the FBI had already been in contact um, and they were asking about the documents before and asked him to turn in uh, classified ones that he had, which is what Jarrett's relating back to. Continuing, why wait for months to retrieve them? If there are answers to those vexing questions in the affidavit, you won't find them. You won't find them amid pages brimming with black lines, nor will you find any references to how Trump and his legal team cooperated in returning previously requested documents to the National Archives. That kind of information might have discouraged the magistrate from signing off on the warrant. Was he deceived by omission, as the FBI has done in the past when obtaining lawless warrants? Did the FBI misinterpret the government's discussion with Trump's lawyers? We don't know, because so much is wiped out in black. The first eight pages are a recitation of background information and quotations from the statutes that Garland cited to the magistrate to gain his consent for the raid. But the core of the affidavit that contains the Attorney General's probable cause, arguments, and justification for the raid, pages 9 through 29, are nearly redact- all redacted. So I took a look at the affidavit, um, and he is exactly correct. Starting at approximately page 9, and for 20 of the 32 pages, um, are basically all blacked out. Every line is blacked out. You should look it up yourself, and you'd, you'd be blown away. It makes you think that they may be hiding something. And we know that they've done things like this in the past. So what makes you think they won't do it again? It'll be interesting to see as more of this unfolds and what kind of information comes out, because there will be information that comes out. And what better timing than uh, with the the elections coming up, right? I can tell you what won't help Democrats in the upcoming elections, and uh, that is Joe Biden. So Joe Biden addressed the country the other day and True presidential fashion. Now, we all know it's about 50-50 on whether he's going to be able to make uh, sense of his sentences or just word vomit all over the place. All over everybody, just Now, we also know that if he is able to speak sentences, all he talks about is how bad Republicans are and how bad Trump is and the MAGA Republicans and all that jazz, which is exactly what he did. The speech that he gave, along with the setup and the background, it was a dark blood red the speech that he gave kind of reminded me of Senator Palpatine, but not like the good looking one at the beginning, the, the one who gets really ugly and evil at the end. Uh, that's exactly what it reminded me about. If you haven't heard it yet, uh, take a listen.
0: We do ourselves no favor to pretend otherwise. So tonight, I've come to this place where it all began to speak as plainly as I can to the nation. About the threats we face, about the power we have in our own hands to meet these threats. Too much of what's happening in our country today is not normal. Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. Not every Republican, not even the majority of Republicans, are MAGA Republicans. Not every Republican embraces their extreme ideology. I know, because I've been able to work with these mainstream Republicans. But there's no question that the Republican Party today is dominated, driven, and intimidated by Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans. And they're working right now, as I speak, in state after state, to give power to decide elections in America to partisans and cronies, empowering election deniers undermine democracy itself. They tried everything last time to nullify the votes of 81 million people. This time, they're determined to succeed in thwarting the will of the people. We are not powerless in the face of these threats. We are not bystanders in this ongoing attack on democracy. This is a nation that respects free and fair elections. We honor the will of the people. We do not deny it. Blind loyalty to a single leader and a willingness to engage in political violence is fatal to democracy. So I want to say this plain and simple. There is no place for political violence in America, period, none, ever. I believe in the give and take of politics, in disagreement and debate and dissent. We're a big, complicated country, but democracy endures only if We, the people, respect the guardrails of the republic only if we, the people, accept the results of free and fair elections. Only if we, the people, see politics not as total war, but mediation of our differences. You can't love your country only when you win. The cynics and the critics tell us nothing can get done, but they're wrong. There is not a single thing America cannot do, not a single thing beyond our capacity if we do it together. The darkness of Charlottesville, of COVID, of gun violence, of insurrection, we can see the light. Light is now visible. Light that will guide us forward. The MAGA Republicans believe that for them to succeed, everyone else has to fail. They believe America, not like I believe about America. I believe America is big enough for all of us to succeed. And that is the nation we're building, a nation where no one is left behind. We can't afford to have, leave anyone on the sidelines. We need everyone to do their part. So speak up, speak out, get engaged, vote, vote, vote. We just need to remember who we are. We are the United States of America, the United States of America. And may God protect our nation, and may God protect all those who stand watch over our democracy.
1: I always love the range that Joe Biden has. He can always go from whispering like this to just cranking it out, just yelling at the top of his lungs. What I also find funny about him is he is a comedian, everybody. Come on now. Um, the way that he just talks about democracy out there, like, like that's really what he supports. And um, also the way... That he talks about how there shouldn't be political violence. Also funny. Um, I mean, he must have just missed the part where liberals were out during 2020 and just burning down cities and breaking into people's businesses and just stealing everything. Yeah, I think he missed that part. So basically, what we can round that up to is that if you're not for them, you're against them. But also, we're United States of America. Unless you're not for me, then then you can get the hell out kind of thing going on there. But what I can encourage you to do, because those are only snippets, I will encourage you to actually watch that whole video. It's not terribly long because once Joe Biden hits a certain point, he can't talk anymore. So before we go, I want to point out gas is still a fifty up from before when he took office. Now what he and the Democrats find this to be is a win because he went from however high gas actually was i believe it was over five dollars at its peak um, on average and they dropped it down a little bit but you're still paying more than when he actually got in but of course according to him and his press secretary this is a win take a listen last one why is the president bragging today about gas prices because it's gone down it's still a dollar and 72 cents higher than when he took office
0: it has, come, it has come down in a way that we haven't seen its trajectory coming down in over a decade. So
1: and it is, $4 a gallon, okay. though. Is that good?
0: You want to talk to a nurse or a teacher or a firefighter if, if having that little bit of breathing room doesn't matter to them? Are
1: nurses and teachers and firefighters saying gas prices are only $4.11? I'm this that, is great?
0: I'm saying that, that, that even that little bit of breathing room matters to families.
1: So you all remember old gingerbread Sackey, who would have to circle around back or circle back to everything, right? I never thought that another press secretary could be worse until jean Pierre uh, became Joe Biden's press secretary. To put this all into easier terms, imagine Democrats lighting your house on fire, okay? They lit your house on fire, and they are also going to put the fire out. Now what they do is they burn the whole thing down to the foundation so there's no more house, just the concrete underneath, and then they give themselves pats on the back and say, that was a good stop. That's basically what you can sum this whole thing up to. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed. Come back for more, and if you have any questions, send them to my email, lgbo at lgbopodcast.com. I would love to hear from you guys. Also, still searching for my first guest on the show, so be prepared for that as well. Could come at any time. And if you know it, say it with me. Let's go, Brandon.
0: Yeah, they're chanting. Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. Brandon. I agree.